You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Presented by the Angie app and LL Flooring's Profiles Podcast. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And welcome to episode 2300. That's right, Leslie. I said 2300th episode. Can you believe that? That's insanity. Oh, my goodness. Well, I tell you what, thank you so much for, uh, for checking us out and for being loyal and passionate DIYers and listeners to the Money Pit. We are absolutely privileged to help you guys with your projects, and that's what we're going to do once again today. So if you've got a project you want to get done, now's the time to reach out to us with those questions. You can do it two ways. You can call us at one eight 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 money pit That's 888-666-3974. Or better yet, you can go to moneypit.com slash ask and click the blue microphone button and leave us your question right there. That voicemail will come right to us, and we'll get back to you the next time we are producing the show. But for today, we got a lot of cool stuff coming up. First up, a new survey is predicting that 2023 will be the year of DIY for women, with more and more ladies taking on serious DIY projects. But, and this is going to really tick you off because it did me, <laughs> the survey also found that many women feel like they're not taken seriously in home centers and hardware stores. So, boo to that. We're going to share the details just ahead. Yeah, and I mean, that's a very real thing. And I can't tell you, you know, for years and years, you get that sort of same icky feeling when you're in a home center. And it's not every time you go in there, but it happens far more often than I'd like. So, you know, hopefully this is the year that a lot of changes take place. Yeah, I bet you when you go into a home center and you look at, at some of those representatives and you go, um, hey, I need a, a number 12 copper wire to do X or whatever, you know, and they probably look at you like, what did your, did your man tell you to say that? They're like, do you have a list? Do you have a picture? And you're just, and you know, I'm a New Yorker. So sometimes I'm not always as friendly as I'd like to be. Yeah. Well, in that case, you don't have to be. I'll tell you that. You have my permission. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to hold you to it. And then the next time I snap at somebody in the storm, I'd be like, but Tom told me I could. And here's it. Can we call him on the phone? Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Also ahead this hour, you know, those warmer weather months coming up, it means it's time to start getting outside, enjoying those outdoor spaces. And having a wood deck really is a great way that you can do just that. But if you're planning on building a new deck, what exactly is the right type of lumber that you should be using? We're going to walk you through the pros and cons of the four most common options in just a bit. And are you guys tired of dealing with a damp and moldy bathroom? We're going to share the key to keeping this nasty stuff away from your space. But first, what are you guys working on? Are you dreaming about a certain project that you'd love to tackle these warm weather months that we've got going on? Well, whatever it is, if you can dream it, you can definitely do it and we can help. So give us a call. 
The number here is 1-888-MONEYPIT or go to moneypit.com slash ask and leave us your question. Let's get to it. Leslie, who's first? Well, we all deal with neighbors sometimes, and sometimes they're better than others, and sometimes they're really, really loud, just like Marilyn's daughter's neighbor. What is going on over there? The walls are so thin that she can hear them at a regular, she says, I I haven't heard it, but she says at a regular volume. So she has moved her, she switched her bedroom over and her living room, room over, so they don't share that wall, but it's still just as bad. So it's not that they're, how do I put it, you know, hollering or... Yeah, they're not you know, loud. Parties. Yeah. No, they're not. They're, yeah. She can right. hear them. Yeah. And she says, the worst thing is I can hear what they're saying. And they're 23 right. years old, at these couple of girl gals, and Anna uh, is too much information huh? now. <laughs> so she's starting to uh, realize, oh my oh, gosh. Man. What they're talking yeah. about is not what I want yeah. to be talking about. So, um, yeah. okay. So, what do you? So, suggest? okay. You know that that's um. Yeah, I love that. I love that that phrase. The walls are very thin. I mean, a lot of folks think they're actually physically thin, like paper. They're not usually. It's just that that's because of the way the the construction is done. There's a lot of ways for sound to transmit. So, typically in a condo, they take steps to make sure that doesn't happen. They use different types of sound deadening approaches. Uh, they put some types of insulation. There's a there's a, a type of rock wool insulation that has sound deadening cap- capabilities that is typically used in a wall like that. But the problem is that these kinds of changes can't be made without taking the wall apart, basically taking the old taking the sheetrock off. Can you do something on her side of the wall? That's what I'm questioning. I don't think that that's going to happen. Yeah, no, I, I understand that. You'd have to, right, you'd have to disassemble her house from her side, and I don't think that's going to happen. She's probably not even allowed to do that. Here's the, here's the things that you could do. Um, first of all, you can put a second layer of, if you want to go this far, you can put a second layer of drywall over the drywall that's there right now. And there's a special type of glue. Of glue. It's called green glue. And it's a sound deadening glue. And you need a lot of it. And basically, it comes in like a caulking tube. And you cover the wall with this stuff. And then glue, essentially glue and screw the drywall, the second layer of drywall on top of that. And that creates a barrier that will absorb some of the sound. There's also a type of drywall that has sound deadening built into it. Uh, one of the manufacturers is uh, Quiet Rock. I forget what, what company makes it, but I know that name, Quiet Rock. And, and basically, it's a sound deadening drywall. But you have to remember that sound gets in not only through the drywall itself, but it also gets in around the holes that are in the wall. And I'm talking about the outlets, the light switches, the heating ducts. There are other ways to seal around those. But again, it's something you usually do from behind the outlet box, for example. There's a material that's kind of like a putty. It comes in a sheet that you pack behind these to kind of quiet them down. So this is not easy. Leslie, what about from a decorating standpoint? Is there some sort of a wall covering you can think of that might act as a barrier and help to catch some of those sound waves so they don't as easily sort of transmit through? Well, I mean, it's interesting because I've definitely kept sound within a room, like when you're making a home theater or something like that. There's acoustical wall tiles or acoustical wall framing systems. And in some of those, you kind of put 
a channel system onto the wall that kind of snaps open and closed. And then there's a piece of acoustical foam that you can um, wrap with fabric or get sort of pre-treated with a color. Depends on the system that you buy and put together. And they're all relatively easy to install, the DIY ones. I mean, the, the flipping and snapping can be tricky when you get to the last parts of the fabric, depending on which one. But for the most part, I've had success. They've done well. Um, in my sister's apartment, when they lived on 6th Avenue, their neighbor was super noisy. We did the wall behind their bed. They had a lot of success with reducing the noise there. I've done them in home theaters. So there are systems that you can do yourself, and that can be done with fabric, with this acoustical foam, with these track systems. It's just a, a matter of what budget you're comfortable with and the level of self-installation or hiring the pro. Oh, thank you. I can't thank you enough. I can't believe that you call back. This is great. Oh, you're welcome. Good luck. Take care now. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get sucked with allergens too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. Mike in Little Rock, Arkansas, you've got the money pit. What can we do for you today? Well, I've been doing some remodeling on my house, and it's been going on since about 2018. I'm kind of doing it piecemeal as I can afford things, and we're getting ready to list it probably uh, earlier this, I mean, later this uh, springtime. And I want to know if I can list it as uh, new year models or or freshly remodeled, what would be the best way to list it? Because it, it has taken me three, four years to do it. I mean, I think it's fair to say that it's newly remodeled. I mean, remodeling doesn't you know, doesn't wear out. And if you had an older house, what kinds of projects did you do? What was remodeled here? Oh, I added a den. I put down new uh, laminated vinyl floors. I put in several pocket doors, added a powder room, changed the... Um, the uh, bathroom uh, from a tub to oh, a walk-in nice, yeah. tower. How about like newly remodeled and freshly updated? Because that kind of covers it. Realtors are always good at those at all those descriptions, right? But but no, I think it's fair. Listen, you know, uh, houses last a lifetime, and the fact that you spent three years fixing this up, especially since two of the last three years, pretty much were slowed down by uh, by the pandemic. I, I think it's fair to say that. I don't think you're misrepresenting anything. And and then you could you could fill in the, uh, the the blanks there, let folks know what you did. In fact, that would give you kind of a leg up on the competition, too. We always say that it's a good idea to have an inventory that lists your improvements when you put a house on the market, especially if any of those improvements are uh, energy saving, because that's really attractive to folks today as well. So I think that's certainly fair for you to uh, to use those phrases in your listing. And then 
course, you could uh, complete add some additional detail uh, when you complete any kind of a property sort of inventory. We sort of list the features and benefits of the place and then include those types of improvements. Great. I appreciate that. That's what I'll do. All right. Good luck with your project. And we hope that you sell it quickly and for a lot of money. Me too. Thanks <laughs> a lot. Tammy in North Dakota is on the line and has a question about flooring. What's going on? We have hardwood floors on the upper level of our home, and we have a nail that just keeps popping up. No matter how many times I hammer it down, it keeps popping up. Okay. And what I'm wondering is why and what do I do? So the reason it's happening is because of expansion and contraction of that floor. If the nail is, is loose, it doesn't have enough binding on it, it's just going to work its way um, back out again. So the solution is to stop fighting the tide here, pull out that nail and replace it with a screw. Now, there are many different types of screws and one in particular that may be helpful if you even need it. I mean, most floors have hundreds of nails in them and maybe you don't even need this nail in there. You can just pull it out. But if you want to replace it, you could replace it with something called a trim screw. You'll find those at a home center and they look like other types of sort of case hardened screws, except they have a really small head. that's just a little bit bigger than a finish nail. And you drive them in. They usually have the bit in the package when you buy it. You drive them in with like a, like a, a power drill with this bit in the, in the chuck and it will sit right below the surface. And then you could just use a little bit of a filler on top of that. And you'll never see it again. But um, that's actually not that all not all that uncommon. It's happening in your floor. A lot of times it'll happen with walls where you see drywall nails were back out of the hole. And uh, it sometimes it'll also be the, the source of floor squeaks because when you put uh, subfloor down, there's a type of nail that you use that's called, a, it's called in the trade, it's called a cooler um, because it's rosin coated. And as the nail gets driven in, the friction melts the glue. And then as it cools, it sort of sticks in place, except it doesn't stick that well. And sometimes it works its way out or sometimes it doesn't, but it's kind of like, you know, I think of rosin on the bow of a violin, except it sounds a lot worse <laughs> and it makes a really yeah. loud squeaking sound. So um, not unusual, nothing to panic, easy fix. Sounds good. Now, I would not go into the same hole, right? I would move over one if you know if you use the screw you could put it back in the same hole it's not going to come out again because oh. it's not you know you're not relying on the size of the hole to hold the nail tight the screw will just once you drive it that's it, it stays put it does not back out perfect right. what did you say the name of that screw was i'm sorry it's called a trim screw okay all right thank you so much you're welcome well a new survey by lombardo homes is predicting that 2023 is going to be the year of diy for women and more and more ladies are taking on serious diy projects like bedroom bathroom and even kitchen renovations and in fact 93 percent of women have completed a diy project in their homes and spent an average of 2300 bucks lots of 23s here this is the year for this i'm guessing Absolutely, but here's a very disappointing detail. It's not always easy being a woman in the DIY world. The survey also found that many women feel like they're not taken seriously or respected in home centers and hardware stores. Yeah, and just listen to these numbers, guys. Now, one in 10 don't feel comfortable navigating large stores by themselves. Two in five feel that they're treated differently than men by the employees. And one in five have felt judged when they ask for help. And 16% have even been made to feel stupid when they ask for help. And I mean, now this is totally ridiculous because a customer is a customer and money is good everywhere. Am I right about that? Absolutely. So ladies, you're taking on projects you should be taken seriously. 
Yeah, but I say keep asking because the tide is definitely turning on the dinosaurs who are making you feel that way. In fact, the survey also found that 72% of women feel confident doing home improvement projects and 78% enjoy doing them, saying doing the projects themselves saves money, gives them a sense of accomplishment, and three in five find DIY is just plain fun. So don't take that gruff from those old guys in the hardware and home improvement centers. Just get what you need and get your projects done. And if you need help, we never judge. We are here to help you. The number here, again, one eight 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 money pit Next up, we've got David on the line who's got a question about a water heater. How can we help? Uh, yes, Leslie, I've got a hot water heater that's uh, apparently reached its age limit. It's starting to leak out the bottom, probably rusted out. And, and so I was thinking about putting in a tankless water heater. But I live in Tennessee, and, and for me, um, you know, the ground temperature is really cool. And I've heard that it's, you know, if you're in Florida, maybe it's a little better situation. But in the winter months, I was thinking maybe it would be too expensive to operate. First of all, what kind of fuel do you have? Are you on natural gas? Uh, I have access to natural gas, but actually the hot water heater I have now is electric. Well, first of all, an electric water heater is an electric tankless water heater is not going to be cost effective. Uh, if how is your house heated, David? It's central heat and air. Electric. Is it a heat? Is uh-huh. it a heat pump? Yes, sir. Okay. So you're talking about using a ground source heat pump. That's like a whole new deal, and that's I mean that, that certainly it's good technology if you don't have access to gas. But I would say that my very first choice would be if I was going to upgrade my HVAC system and had access to gas, I would get that gas at my house because it's going to be less expensive for you to put that type of system in. Because as you started to say, if you were to use a heat pump, you're going to have to uh, bear the cost of drilling a ground coil. Uh, deep into the earth, which is not inexpensive. So it's very costly to do it that way. Now, in terms of just the water heater itself, uh, if your project is of a limited nature and you just want to replace that water heater because it is old, I would say either use a standard electric water heater, but put it on a 240-volt timer so that it doesn't run 24-7. You know, water heaters are, are, are kind of dumb in the sense that they you set whatever temperature you want your water, and it's going to be that way whether it's, you know, 7 a.m. in the morning and you're just taking your morning shower or like, you know, 1 a.m. in the overnight when you don't really need it heated up to 120 degrees or whatever it's set for. So if you put a timer on it, you'll cut back on the number of hours it actually has to run. That will save you some money. And if you want to make something that's uh, just more more efficient, you could use a heat pump water heater. There's a Like you have a heat pump for your heating system right now, where there's a heat pump technology that applies only to water heaters. And again, those heat pumps are, water heaters are pretty expensive, but they're also often rebates on them and tax credits uh, would also apply as well. So those are your two options for electric. You can either use a heat pump water heater or you can use a standard electric water heater, but put it on that 240 volt timer to save some money. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, I appreciate your time. You're welcome, sir. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 88 Money Pit. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. 
AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T. Money Pit. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Nancy in Georgia is dealing with some flooring squeaks. What is going on at your money pit? I'm hoping you can tell me. Okay. Well, tell us where you're hearing them. What kind of floor? When does it happen? The house is 48 years old, okay. and I have pulled up the carpet that was in there, and I'd like to put hardwood. But mm-hmm. there's a squeak right in the doorway. It's in the top floor of my two-story mm-hmm. home. Okay. And I can't get to the flooring unless I tear out the ceiling of my dining room. Yeah, you're thinking you have to deal with this from the bottom, and that's not the case. Now, when you took the carpet up, what are you looking at? Are you looking at plywood, like old plywood? Subfloor. Yeah, subfloor, right. So it's it's like a solid subfloor. It's not like slats where you can see through. No, it's like eight by fours, maybe, or eight by sixes. Okay. Mm -hmm. So what you want to do here, and this is typical, what you need to do is you need to figure out where the floor joists are under that floor. And it's not that hard to do because if you look at the floor itself, you're going to see a nailing pattern where the floor joists are running. They're probably going to be every 16 inches, and they're going to go from the back wall of your house towards the front wall. And what you want to do is screw where those nail heads are. You want to drive a drywall screw through the floor and tighten up the flooring because what's happening is the flooring is loose in that area. And as you step on the floor and you get that squeak, squeaks happen for one of two reasons. It's either because... The floorboards themselves, the plywood itself is, is moving against its, uh, uh, the adjoining seam and squeaking, right? Or it could be that the plywood is pulling the nail in and out of the floor joist below, and that's squeaking. But when you screw the floor down as opposed to nailing it down, you tighten everything up. And it's a really good idea to do that before you carpet. Because even though you found one now, chances are the minute you put that floor down, you'll find three more. So if you screw that floor down, uh, all that subfloor down nice and tight using these long drywall screws, which you can drive in with the drill. Mm-hmm. 
uh, you're going to find that that floor is going to be a lot quieter in the long run. Okay, I want to put hardwood over it. Can I put those under hardwood? Sure. Yeah, they're going to be flush with the surface when you're done. What kind of hardwood are you going to, are you going to use? Solid hardwood? Do you want to use engineered or what? I, I I want to use solid hardwood. I have hardwood in the uh, hallway that it meets, and then I have tile in the bathroom, and okay. so I have the the spaces there for me to use the uh, hardwood. And I'm uh, I'm in the south, so it's not as expensive here. Yeah, you could use pre finished hardwood or you could use raw hardwood and finish it yourself there's a lot of options in pre-finished today though it's beautiful and the floor finishes are actually tougher than what you can apply on your own that's what i'm thinking and i'm thinking i'll have to pull the baseboards yes absolutely and leave some space a little space between the wall and the flooring yes I that's correct the, i laid yep. the hall okay yep that's correct yeah you got the right idea yeah just make sure you screw that subfloor down with those long drywall screws or, or wood screws that you put in with a drill typically they're going to have a phillips or they'll have a hex head and you can just drill them right in. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I'm familiar, I'm familiar with us. That's fantastic. All right. All right. I appreciate your help so much. You got it, Nancy. Good luck with that project. Well, if you're planning to build a deck to expand your outdoor living space, you might be wondering what kind of materials you should be using. Well, according to Consumer Reports, wood does remain the most popular choice for decks, even with all of those composite decking products out there. But we all know that wood needs a fair amount of regular maintenance to stay in good shape, and some types of wood actually need more than others. Well, first, let's talk about climate and weathering. Now, whether you live in the strong sunshine and the arid heat of the West or the warm humidity of the South, weather definitely has a big impact on the durability of your deck. And slip resistance is also pretty important, especially if your deck is going to be near a pool. Now, next up is strength, also key. Do you like to entertain a crowd? Wood decking stands up pretty well for bending and bowing, and also some wood materials are better at resisting accidental stains and dents, which often come with the active families or the use of heavy grills. And, of course, there's also the cost factor, which can definitely vary very widely. Now, the four most common choices for wood decking are cedar, ipe, pine, and redwood. And they all do vary when it comes to their rankings for performance and value. So let's start with the natural western red cedar. This was named the top choice for its overall performance and value, and it scored highly for its resistance to flexing and weathering. And surprisingly, it's about half of the price of natural ipe, which is a popular and very strong South American hardwood that was ranked a close second. I mean, ipe is gorgeous, but boy, is it pricey. Now, cedar is a softwood, though, so it is susceptible to surface damage, and it's also about 30% more expensive than pine, which is the cheapest wood option, but you've got to have pressure treated if you want to resist rot, and that's going to be ranked third overall for performance. So between its cost and its pretty fair performance ratings, natural redwood placed fourth in the rankings. Some homeowners do still love the look, although just like cedar and ipe, redwood is naturally resistant to rot and decay. Now, that said, you should know that that beautiful redwood or cedar color, it just doesn't last for long. Give it a year or two, and you'll be looking at a much darkened surface that needs staining to get back to its natural glow. And actually, at that point, Leslie, it's not natural anymore. It's the stain that right. you'll be seeing. So you get the <laughs> decay resistance, but you know the wood's going to fade out. Sure. Yeah, and I mean, there's really nothing wrong with that. That's just naturally what occurs over time. So when it does become time to stain and seal, you have to make sure that you do all of those things regularly because that's going to keep your outdoor living space looking totally decked out. So again, there is some maintenance, but with all of that hard work, you're going to have a wonderful space to enjoy. 
Van in Georgia, you've got the money pit. What can we do for you today? I want to tell you, I love y'all's show, but well, we thank were you. thinking Thanks. about changing. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> but we we just bought this house in October, and my wife had saw where you could change the color of vinyl side. And so I've looked at a few things. There's not really a whole lot on the Internet that tells about it, and there's not a whole lot of products to choose from. So I was just wanting y'all's advice. Would you do it? If you would, what would you use and, and all that stuff? Why do you hate the vinyl siding color right now? Is it faded or you just want to change it up? Yeah, it doesn't bother me, the color, but my wife just wants to, I guess, like painting the walls. She wants to paint the vinyl side. Okay. I don't, <laughs> Blame it I don't on your wife. I, I get yeah. it. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't think that's a good enough reason. Here's why. Because but painting vinyl siding, while it's possible, you're basically opening yourself up to, uh, you know, you know, what comes after paint, right? Repaint. You're opening yourself uh-huh. up to that. There are paints that are designed for vinyl. And, you know, if you work with a major manufacturer like Sherwin Williams, you'll have options and colors and such. But it's just not going to last as long as vinyl because let's face it, vinyl is color all the way through. If you put a layer on top of that, at some point, it's going to start to peel, and, and it's going to look nasty, and you're going to have to do it again and again. If she doesn't really like that vinyl, I, I would tell you to, why not change the color of shutters or trim and kind of work around it? It's kind of like when you get somebody that's got a really old bathroom with, like, 1970s colors, but it's a beautifully done, you know, solid tile job that you can't probably get done today. Sometimes we say, well, live live with the ugly yellow tile, but change everything else around it. And sometimes that's enough. So I, I would tell you to change the colors of the, of the shutters or the trim to make the accent really pop. Maybe thinking about replacing your, your door or a new front door can make dramatic changes in the perceived value of your home. It looks so much cooler from the street. Um, but I would not paint vinyl siding unless there was a really good reason. And just changing the color to me is not, is not strong enough. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to hear that because I don't really want to do it. <laughs> well, you know, we can we can be the bad guy. We'll take that hit for you. <laughs> but there's a good reason for it because I just don't want you to open up a whole series of having to uh, repaint this as years go by, maybe every five to seven years. Vinyl expands like crazy, you know, and I just getting that paint to stand up to that, it's a real challenge. Yeah, that's what I saw, too, was five five to 15 years is all they would guarantee on the, on the yeah, paint and, for and this thing. I, I, would be, I would think closer to five. I would be very surprised if you got more than five or six or seven years out of it. Hey, I appreciate it. You're welcome. Well, good luck uh, with your wife and talking around to that project. <laughs> but uh, maybe uh, she'll find that if you do change up the colors of the trim the shutters, that it'll make the impact mm-hmm. that she wants, okay? Okay, cool. Thanks. You're welcome. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
Well, are you tired of dealing with a damp and moldy bathroom? Well, you don't have to suffer anymore because the cause is condensation, and we've got some practical tips to help you prevent it from forming. Now, first and foremost, let's talk about ventilation because that is really key. Oh, yeah. You know, first of all, you want to make sure that your bathroom has an exhaust fan because that's going to help you circulate the air and reduce that moisture buildup. If you have one, you need to turn it on and go outside and look for that exhaust hood and then make sure that the flapper inside the hood is opened by the force of the air. Now, in some parts of the country, the building code doesn't actually require you to have an exhaust fan if you have a window. But, I mean, that code really doesn't make any sense because... Even when you leave a window fully open, it doesn't exactly vent the room the same way as an exhaust fan does. You know, the fan's actually pulling that moist air out of the space and sending it outside, whereas a window, unless the air is circulating in the right direction from outside to inside and vice versa, you're not going to really move much. So if you're the only (laughs) one with the window there, you got to add a fan. Yeah. Oh, not to mention, you know, it's a little chilly to do that in the middle of the winter as well. (laughs) Now, another tip is to keep the bathroom door open after using the shower or the bath to help the steam escape and prevent it from condensing on surfaces like the ceiling. It's also a good idea to use a squeegee or a towel to wipe down the walls and and the shower after every use. We always have had a squeegee in our showers and gotten the habit of just, you know, just striking the walls once to get most of the water off. It definitely does help. And better yet, all that moisture that hangs around after you're done with the shower, that is a huge contributor to mold growth. So another easy way to dry things out is to add a timer to the exhaust fan. Or better yet, the new exhaust fans have built-in humidistats, which means they're only going to run as long as there's moisture in the room, and they'll automatically go off. And either way, this will result in a big reduction in how quickly that mold forms and a lot less cleaning. James in Rhode Island wrote into Team Money Pit, and he says he's got a 3,100-square-foot home with an electric water heater in the middle. The problem is when I call for water from either end of the home, like the kitchen, it's too far away, and it takes 10 minutes to get the hot water there. What are the options to avoid this? Yeah, you know, we get this question a lot, James, and there's a couple of things you could do. You could add additional water heaters that are located closer to the bathroom end and a tankless water heater mounted on an exterior wall or a place where you could vent it up, say, into the attic and then outside is an option. But the other thing that you could do is you could add a hot water recirculating pump. And this eliminates that wasted water caused by waiting for that water to heat up and always just sort of running it cold for a while. The pump basically gets installed at the water heater and a sensor valve is added under the sink and the sink that you add this to is the one that's farthest away from the water heater and what this does is it allows any cold water in the hot water supply line to bypass and spill back into the cold water line so you're not really wasting anything and this is going to keep the temperature in that hot water supply line kind of at a no weight hot temperature throughout the home it also uses a timer, so you're not going to waste energy. What I would do in this case is, is I would set it to kind of match with my usual bathing schedule. So if you've got a, you know, if you get up, if you've got a, I don't know, you've got to work eight to four, nine to five, and you're you're taking showers at six or seven in the morning, I'd have it operate only during that shower taking time, and maybe there's another block at the end of the day. And this way, you're getting that hot water exactly when you need it and without waiting for it. All right, now we've got one here from Susie in Washington State who's got a question about Trex decking. She says, my Trex decking and rails have gotten very slippery and are covered with a green growth. Do I need to pressure wash the deck or is there a product I could leave on to prevent that green stuff from showing up again? I have a lot of cedar trees around my house and I think that's part of the problem. Well, that sounds pretty shady if you ask me. So you're probably getting (laughs) a lot of mold growth out there. 
Well, absolutely, because you know what the best mildecide is? Sunlight. Yeah, it doesn't seem like she's getting it. No, when you're in the shade like that, you're really kind of asking for it. So I always suggest that if there's anything you could do to thin out those trees a little bit, let some light in, that's going to make it a lot easier for you. But there are a different, there are a number of products that you can use to remove what you have. Zinzer makes one that we like called Joe Max. And then there's another one called House Armor, and they both work well. You'll find them at home centers, generally speaking. And the nice thing about them is that they work quickly. Now, there are other products that you spray on, and then you wait for them to work. And they do work, and they do have sort of a a longevity to them in that they, they keep working even when the initial moss or mold or lichen or algae is gone. But if you just want to clean the darn thing up for the spring, I would go with uh, Zinzer's Jomax product or the house armor, and you'll really like the way it, it worked out. You don't necessarily need a pressure washer, and frankly, uh, if you have one, you got to be really careful to use it on a gentle setting because you could damage the deck. And, you know, it's Susie, since you're about to be outside in full-on deck season, before everybody starts coming over, now's a great time to sort of check that structure of the deck, make sure everything is really attached well and in good shape structurally and safe. So you want to go on over to moneypit.com. You can find a whole deck safety checklist. You should just be doing this at the start of every season, and that'll make sure you're in tip-top shape so you can start having all those people over and having fun in the yard. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show, wrapping up episode 2300. Thank you so much for spending this part of your day with us. We hope you've picked up some great ideas, some tips, some tricks on how you can get more out of your DIY projects. Remember, we exist because of you, so call us with your questions anytime, 24-7 at 188-MONEYPIT, or better yet, just post your question at moneypit.com slash ask. Until then, I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. You live in a body pit. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.